Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia. It's our second hour of the show here on this Friday. We got 60 minutes of DFS information, wagering information, fantasy or reality, and of course, in the world of COVID-19, NFL teams wondering if they're going to be on the field this weekend. Craig and Joe here with you as we walk you through that, and certainly that's where we start here on this Sunday, as there have been reported tests that are positive again with the New England Patriots. One potential positive, waiting on another result. The Patriots have shut down their practice for today. There was good news earlier in the day, and that felt like a year ago, where the Indianapolis Colts, we thought, all of a sudden may not be able to play. But here we are back with the Patriots again, and I would tell you, Joe, this is the real fork in the road for the NFL. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, both Denver and New England were supposed to play last week, and they had the Mm -hmm. week off, and they shifted everything around to play this week. So I guess the question is, from a fantasy perspective, are we going to lose this game completely if they don't play? Or would they put it in a week 18 scenario and push everything back? Because I can't think of anything that they could do at this point. It's starting to feel like either there's going to have to be a week 18 scenario where there's going to be, I guess, a makeup week where there could be as many as a half a dozen games that need to be made up. We could have more Tuesday night football scenarios. Look, we just got that thing last week where they reordered the schedule, right? And that was madness. Like my head hurt trying to look and trying to figure out where things moved and how they moved. So I said, I can't even worry about this. I'm just going to look at whatever week is on the slate and try not to get too far ahead of myself. I'm going to use the old Bull Durham cliche. Just going to take it one day at a time. Don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And that's all you can do. You can't even take it one segment at a time here on this show. You talked about we can't get through a show without something. How about can we get through a segment without some kind of news breaking on something like this and how we're going to have to react to it? And it's tough. Now, luckily, we just went over a bunch of guys here in the last segment. If you miss it, you can always go back on demand and always listen to those uh, shows and, and go back and check out some of the guys we've talked about, some of the deeper staff players, guys to make trades for. So you're not without options. But it's getting harder and harder every week to field a lineup and to get a healthy lineup out there that is playing, that is not on a bye, that's not tested positive, that hasn't the game got suspended. But this one in particular is tough because you've also now skipped those buys for the Patriots. So they took their bye a week early to get through this past moment here with everything. And now we're right back in a situation, okay, what are you going to do here? And it's starting to feel more and more like an extra week of the season is going to have to get tacked on to the end here. And that's just going to be an obvious scenario for my, for my mind right now. I and mean, that's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking, Greg? I mean, I'm thinking, I don't know what in the world the NFL is doing here. Like, I mean, what are the protocols in place? Like what, what, what is happening here that, and, and I guess to this point, 
if we were to make the baseball comparison here, it's very similar to where we have two teams, I guess, that have been mostly afflicted, if that's fair, Tennessee and New England. I, I think that that's right. I mean, has there been another team that's been afflicted seriously? Tennessee and New England, Tennessee and New England, the worst. And and I think this is this is the difficult thing with this particular virus is that you can have it, not realize it. People are carriers. People have you know negative tests and things like that. But also you can have it and it might not show up positive for a fair amount of days. And that is what becomes so tricky. Everybody thinks everyone's okay. And then all of a sudden, boom, you go back to practice a few days and then you get another positive test from somebody. And that that's what's very difficult. Those people are asymptomatic and are transmitting it. And that's what makes this all so difficult. And when you add in more players, obviously you add in more risk. Yeah. And, and the one thing that no one is, ever talks about here, but again, I have some experience with this. And the reason why the games are more in jeopardy uh, for a team like New England this week in particular is it's much harder to consider going on a plane and traveling with a team that is potentially COVID positive because you could be giving it to the entire team on the plane. If you're at home, you actually have a little bit more built-in time. It's the other team that has to fly to you. But when you're the road team, then you have to consider flying out. And in this case, Joe, tomorrow, <laughs> right? They have to fly out tomorrow for Sunday's game. If there is any player that's positive, I think that that eliminates the the game from Sunday. And then we're looking again at that Monday, Tuesday, who knows uh, sort of thing. If you're at home, you just kind of sit back. You could tell the other team, hey, you could still even fly here. You just got. We may have to just play this game when we play it. Now, I, I don't know what they're going to do. So bizarre. Okay, let's get to it. Here are the headlines. Colts had to pra- had to stop their practice, but they're back on the field. That's like news from, from May at this point. We don't even care about that. <laughs> Colts are fine. Falcons, well, that, when was that? That was 2016 already. They're back. They're fine. Yeah, yeah, Falcons are back, fine. Okay. No issues there. Madison, back in the lineup. Matt Ryan, yell at him some more. He'll play. He'll be fine. Braves and Rays are going to try to advance to the World Series tonight. I think that we're all secretly hoping to get a little bit more out of these series if we can. Maybe another day, maybe another two days. BYU minus five and a half at Houston tonight. BYU has been the big surprise in college football this season. Their defense has been awesome, but their offense has matched it. And they got a nice young quarterback, too, I think, that may have some potential in the NFL. Uh, Unfortunately, Cincinnati and Tulsa postponed this week. We talked about Florida and LSU being postponed. And, Joe, it'll be super interesting, I think, on the Saturday night game in the SEC to have Alabama playing at Georgia, the biggest college football game of the year. Where will Nick Saban be during this game, Joe? Will he be at home? Will he be on the phone? Will he be Zoom coaching? You're gonna you're gonna be Zoom coaching. Uh, There's some people that saying he might be dressed up as the mascot potentially too, because that seems like a pretty big mask to be wearing. Uh, But uh, just so you know, also this Patriot game is in New England, so I don't know. You know, just oh, going back to talking about the Pats having to go. Yeah, oh. and that's why I was looking down at the moment too, because I was I thought it was, but I wanted to be sure it is. So they are not the team traveling. Does that give you any hope potentially that maybe there's more of a chance for Tuesday? There's more of a chance for Tuesday. So I was hoping you would say, I want more Tuesday night football. Let's go two weeks in a row. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, more more of a chance for Tuesday than I I would say for sure. So, okay. uh, okay. But on that note, we got to take a quick time out. Jim Sanis will join us next and we'll talk a little DFS with him. And he's got a hot tip on a quarterback wide receiver type situation that I've already plugged into my FanDuel lineup for the week. So we'll give that to you next right here. Stay on the grid. Be right back.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm searching for another $5 winner on FanDuel this week, and I'm doing pretty well this year. A lot of my help, of course, coming from my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, and my guest, Jim Sanis of NumberFire. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jim Sanis, helping people out each and every week here on Fantasy Sports Today. Jim, it is great to have you back here on the show. Great tip last week with Watson and Fuller. Wasn't sure that I was going to catch there in the end, but I did, and so I'm back at it this week. I'm going to jump in again. I should have put you on Brandon Cooks, but I did not. I couldn't emotionally do oh. it after Cooks uh, had that goose egg back in week four, and he lost me some money by that. So couldn't emotionally get there with Brandon Cooks, but uh, thankfully Will Fuller did come through too. So uh, hopefully we can run it back again in week number six. I'd, I'd, I don't think a lot of people had Cooks last week, so right. I, would, I wouldn't feel bad about <laughs> that whatsoever. Uh, okay, so uh, interesting week this week. We have more games to deal with, but again, depending on the slate that you're playing in, I think that could factor in as well. Because a lot of the games are early this week. We have two Monday night games. And, of course, last night there was no Thursday night football. So we do have a little bit more of a compliment this week. Let's take a look at the main slate, some of the bigger tournaments that people are in. And, of course, Jim, if you want to deviate or pivot off any of these, please let us know for sure. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we have priced at Philadelphia at 9000 for the week. He's the top quarterback. Aaron Rodgers against Tampa Bay is 8400 uh, Deshaun Watson, certainly, uh, we could go back to him again, although Tennessee looked fantastic last week, uh, 8200 for him. Cam Newton back on the field for the New England Patriots, he's priced at 8000 Ben Roethlisberger, always a solid play, not throwing for the yards that he has in the past, but throwing for touchdowns. And then, of course, Tom Brady in a matchup against Green Bay. You know that in a big matchup against a future Hall of Famer, and he is one, of course, as well, you would think that he would have a good game. So uh, those are the main quarterbacks, Jim, this week. And, search, and certainly we could even dive a little bit deeper, I'm sure, in other names as well. So let's start off with the quarterback position. Who do you like this week? Yeah, I don't think there's any one guy who stands out as being well above the crowd. So it's kind of pick your poison, you know, depending on what you want to pay. Lamar Jackson is in a good spot against Philadelphia, I think, at $9,000. He didn't run a lot last week due to his knee injury, but he said he feels better on Wednesday. So I think that that bodes well for him. And he did have at least 45 rushing yards each of the first four games. No rushing touchdowns yet, so some positive regression there for Lamar. I agree that that Green Bay-Tampa Bay game is pretty fun because we might get both Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin back. Back for this game, in which case 
I'd expect both teams to move the ball pretty efficiently through the air. That bodes well for Aaron Rodgers, who I do like a lot in 84. Got to Sean Watson. I, I agree you could go back to him this week. But one guy who may fly a bit under the radar is a name you alluded to in Ben Roethlisberger. You're right. He has not thrown for a lot of yards so far this year, but he's facing a really bad pass defense in Cleveland. Chase Claypool is helping uh, Roethlisberger throw the ball downfield more often over the past couple of weeks. I think that's a good thing, too. So if he has both Claypool and Deontay Johnson for a full game, game, I think we'll see the yardage slowly come back for Roethlisberger. So keep an eye on Deontay Johnson. If he can't go, maybe you do want to downgrade Big Ben, but I think that he's at least appealing as a lower salary play at quarterback. So Roethlisberger checks a lot of boxes for me at home, high scoring game, tight total, good matchup. And I kind of think that among the guys who aren't, you know, super high salary, like Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, I think Roethlisberger might be the direction I go. All right. Interesting. Roethlisberger, maybe pair him up with Claypool. We'll get to wide receivers there in a minute. All right. So the the two highest priced running backs on FanDuel, of course, are out this week, or we believe they'll be out. McCaffrey, of course, and then uh, and then Dalvin Cook. No one expects him to play this week, no matter what is being said in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, we have Derrick Henry coming off a two touchdown week. Didn't look great like Derrick Henry, but did basically you get the volume in the second half to to get his salary paid last week at nine thousand. Uh, Aaron Jones off a buy eighty five hundred in that same game that we. We just talked about with Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Uh, of course, with Nick Chubb out, we move down to Miles Sanders at 7,600, who seems to be a pretty good plug and play every every week and is always bound for a long touchdown. We have Mike Davis at 7,500, and we have Jonathan Taylor at 7,300. And we'll stop there, although Connor and Cook, Connor of Pittsburgh, Cook in Cleveland, are both priced at 7,000 and 7,100. So, uh, look, how much of this gym is about matchups? Because I look at a guy like Kareem Hunt and all the volume that he's gotten, and I want to jump on him, and then I remember, oh, it is Pittsburgh. So that certainly changes the game. How much of the matchups in the NFL with the running backs do we look at this week? That's the biggest dilemma of this week six slate is do you go with the running backs in good matchups or go with the guys with better volume? And to me, I tend to skew towards volume over matchups. The good thing is there are a couple of guys who have volume and good matchups, or at least palatable matchups. If that Vikings game plays, Alexander Madison will be tremendous option at $7,000. So he would be number one for me if that game goes. If not, Mike Davis is a very easy alternative at number one. He's facing the Bears who had this reputation for being a good rush defense they haven't really been that uh, since the start of last year. So I do think that Mike Davis deserves to be either number one or number two at running back, depending on what happens with Alexander Madison. Those two guys are the no brainers for me. That's where we get into the guys with the tougher matchups. I think that Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones are all guys in tough matchups but are all still viable for daily fantasy. My preferred one between those three is Kareem Hunt, as you mentioned, facing the Steelers. Really good volume there. He had uh, 20 carries and four targets last week in his first game with no Nick Chubb. So I'm kind of leaning Hunt. I think that Joe Mixon is right there. But if you're, let's say you're someone who doesn't like to go at, at tough matchups, totally understandable. You've got James Robinson, Miles Gaskin. Those are two guys you could turn to as lower salaried options. And also David Montgomery at $5,900. So I think it's kind of a play it the way you want to play it this week, Craig. If you are okay with tough matchups, which I am, I'm going to go with guys like Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon. If you're not, you can go with guys like Robinson, like Gaskin and Montgomery, or you can just, you know, get the best of both worlds and go with guys like Davis and Madison if available. Yeah, and look, in the NFL in general this year, look, Indianapolis's defense has been very good, make no mistake about it, and Baltimore has been very good. That's two teams out of 30 in the NFL that have been consistently good. Weeks ago, we thought the Chargers D would be good. We thought the Bucks D would be good. 
It's a tough year for defenses in the NFL. There, there's no doubt. Okay, uh, let's move on to wide receiver here. And we have Devontae Adams at 9000 highest price this week, off a of bye week, off an injury as well. Assumption is he'll play. Calvin Ridley, uh, provided that game goes, is 8600 The status of Julio Jones, of course, still a little bit uncertain. He is at $8,200. Uh, Chris Godwin looks like he's ready to go this week at 7700 And there's questions even about Mike Evans at, at 7600 So questions about everyone, really, who we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, Thielen, 7,400. Kenny Galladay's healthy, I believe. 7,200. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster popped up on the injury report at 7,100. And then we'll stop with Alan Robinson of Carol, of, uh, of of Chicago, who is matchup proof, I guess, at this point. He's catching eight balls for 70 yards, maybe a touchdown every week. I think that's pretty much the way it goes. So let's wrap it up with wide receiver, Jim. A lot of iffiness going into this Friday here we, where we're at. Yeah, I agree with you that Chris Godwin does sound like he's playing, and that makes me like Devontae Adams more. I know that's a very weird connection to make, but I want wide receivers and shootouts. And if Chris Godwin plays, the odds that game shoots out are higher. And like you said, Chris Godwin sounds like he's trending towards playing, and that does boost Devontae Adams. Devontae, I think he's 100% healthy. He was able to practice in week four before their game. Didn't play that week, but now has had the bye week since then, so I think he'll be at 100%. So give me Devontae Adams uh, before people buy in and react to him being back from that injury. So I think that Devontae Adams is really attractive. He can get $9,000. If you want to spend down, you mentioned Chase Claypool earlier. I agree. I think that he checks every single box that you want. When I'm looking at a lower salaried wide receiver, I want a guy who gets deep passes. He is playing at home and playing in a game with a tight spread and a high total. And Chase Claypool checks literally every single one of those boxes. Now he will be popular. And that is a consideration at wide receiver where things are very volatile. So maybe you want to go Deontay Johnson if he can play in Instead, but for me, I think Claypool checks all the boxes. So $5,500, a really good salary. And I know it's point chasey. I know that he'll be popular, but I do think that he fits the process really well for this week. And I'm kind of inclined to just swallow that chalk and go back to him, even though that is a really risky move at wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up, Jim. I think it's a really good point because a lot of people will use him. And I think the other question that you would have on just players in the in general in the NFL, when they have a really big game, yeah. is it just one big game or will they continue to do it? Claypool is a guy that's really highly thought of by Pittsburgh. Yeah. So this isn't and, like a Marvin Jones thing where he shows up once right. every four weeks. You know, I mean, they drafted him super high, Jim. So I would and think the good that thing this with, is the with Claypool is he has the components for a big game because he's had three and a half deep targets per game the past two weeks or past two games. They've been giving him rush attempts near the goal line. So I think that he has the path to a big game very much in his range of outcomes. And I'm more willing to chase that than I am guys who don't get those high leverage touches. Yeah. It'd be interesting if, if this kid turns out to be great because uh, he was good in college, yeah. but he looks better now in the yeah. NFL than he did in college. And that's not something that you see from a lot of first year wide receivers in the NFL, no doubt. All right, Jim, thank you again for coming on. We'll see if, uh, Uh, We could turn five into 10 (laughs) this week and we'll catch up with you again next week. Have a great weekend. Let's do it, Craig. Good luck. And I'll talk to you again next week. All right. Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Sanis, his work over at number fire. And of course you're playing over on FanDuel. We'll take a quick time out. We'll go through the picks of the super contest coming up next right here on fantasy sports today. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish with Howard Bender, RotoBuzz guy on Twitter. Of course, you can catch Howard and I each and every Friday going over the lines at the Westgate Super Contest as Howard and I are involved in another grueling battle of trying to pick winners in 2020 he joins me here and then of course i join howard on a live stream each and every saturday night when we make our final selections but this is going to be our first look this week here on this show at the line so howard thanks for being part of the program again good to see you thanks for having me craig uh some intriguing news uh, yesterday uh from the falcons and the uh and the, and the minnesota vikings game but you know what? We roll with the punches. That's what we've been doing now for the last few weeks. Yep. Browns, too, also maybe with an issue. We'll have to see there. But nonetheless, <laughs> we are, are going to look at the games this week. Howard and I, two wins, three losses last week. So we're back to 500, going to try and climb above that this this week. And we do have more choices, so that's definitely a good thing. Let's take a look at those first few choices in the early games. We'll start off with Carolina at home against the Chicago Bears. Both teams playing clearly better than anyone thought as Carolina is laying a point and a half. The Detroit Lions going to Jacksonville to take on a beleaguered Jaguars team that has struggled quite a bit lately, and Detroit is actually laying three on the road here. We have that Minnesota-Atlanta game as presently scheduled with Minnesota, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. And then finally, the Tennessee Titans, who looked so darn good on Tuesday night, are only three-point favorites this week against the Houston Texans. And so uh, we could go any direction you want here, I, I think, Howard. I think that most people look at this and say, wow, the Titans are only three-point favorites here. I love them. Got to go into this week. We know better than that. And if the games were so easy, then then we'd be winning them all every week. There's a reason why the lines are made up here. So uh, simply put, we've talked about Atlanta quite a bit, and provided that the game goes off as scheduled, it'll probably be one that we'll use. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've we've calculated the data from 2010. It's a 64.7% uh, either an outright win or at least a, a cover uh, for the team who fired their coach in their first game back. So that's definitely going to be a tilt if that ends up being uh, that game does end up happening here. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at the situation as far as these games go. And, you know, I, I know that we love taking our dogs, but, I mean, the Panthers and the Lions kind of stick out to me a little bit, especially the Lions. I just – we're starting to see the Jaguars come back to earth. Uh, DJ Chark banged up again. His status for the game is questionable. Uh, Minshew mania is uh, really not happening that much. So I really kind of like the Lions here, uh, even though I have a hard time trusting their uh, their coaching personnel. And uh, and listen, while the Bears might have a, a fantastic record, could there be a worse four and one team right now? No, I mean, really? 
Yeah. yeah. So I don't. So I might. I might like Carolina here. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm a believer after last week with Carolina. They really showed me something last week. I think that was the determining factor for me, no doubt. Okay, let's take a look at some other games on the board here, and we'll continue on with the early games. By the way, for those of you who watch football from morning to night on Sundays, you really only have to watch in the morning or watch the one o'clock Eastern games because there is not a lot after that. And so all of these games that you're looking at here are also one o'clock Eastern games. Giants at home, a favorite. Wow, a favorite for the Giants. That's a first against Washington, of course. (laughs) Kyle Allen starting for the Washington football team. Two and a half is the spread. Pittsburgh's line has moved uh, since, since basically the contest has come out. They're now three and a half point favorites, but the Browns are only getting three if you play them in the contest. We have Baltimore going to Philadelphia and laying seven and a half points. And then finally, we have uh, another early game here with the Colts taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, the Indianapolis Colts laying seven and a half points, and you could see eight in some spots right now. So, Howard, that's the one that really intrigues me. I, I know that after we took the Bengals last week and they looked so poor against Baltimore that the average better, the novice better, is going to look at this game and say, oh, the Bengals burned me last week. I mean, this is not like Dallas burning you every single week as a favorite. This is like they burned you last week. And for me, that's the one that sticks out to me because – how can you trust anything with Indianapolis at this point? If I am Frank Reich, and I know that he's an aggressive offensive coach, I am handing that ball off as much as I possibly can and not leaving this to the end. And if they do, are they going to beat the Bengals by 10 points in this one? If not, I would lean towards Cincinnati. I'm leaning on Cincinnati as well. You know, reports coming out that Darius Leonard with uh, missing practices again late in the week. Uh, If he doesn't play, that's a huge boost for the ground game. Uh, for Cincinnati. And I think that's really kind of what we didn't get a chance to see last week from the Bengals because the Ravens just came out. They came out strong. They did a great job of of stopping Joe Mixon right in his tracks. And I think that that was a, a big blow to the, uh, to the ego for the Bengals, who really had a, a really strong performance the week before. So now I look at them you know, it's it's not as strong a defense as what the Ravens is. I know I love the, the Colts D, but when you start taking Darius Leonard out and you start saying that Anthony Walker is still banged up, it kind of gives me a little bit of pause. So, yeah, I think that, you know, with the seven and a half points that we're getting in the Westgate, I like that one uh, a lot, I think. Um, yeah. I don't want to touch Giants-Washington at no, all. Please either. don't make me. No, no. Okay, good. No. Um, and you know what? I'm a little, you know, Steelers-Browns in Pittsburgh, I, you know, I feel like, this is this is the uh, Howard. This is a sucker bet for you personally attacking <laughs> yeah. me because I'm so bullish on Cleveland this year. But now we're waiting to see about Odell Beckham and his COVID-19 test. Now we're also looking at uh, the Steelers who, uh, you know, m- might have won the game last week at home. But really, again, kind of no, struggled they did not a deserve bit. the cover. They did no. not deserve the cover for sure. So I, I kind of want to avoid that out of these games here. Um, you know, the Bengals are probably the one that I, I favor the most. Yeah, I don't love any of these games. Let's see if we can find anything from the later games. That's 425 or 405 Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, and then the night game between New England and Denver. So we have Green Bay at Tampa Bay, and, and this line has really dropped. Green Bay opened up at 3, went to 2.5, two, 2. You're seeing 1 in some spots at the Westgate. It is a pick in the game this week. No favorite in this one. The Rams are laying three on the road to the 49ers. You talk about the tables turning a month ago. Try predicting that one, that the 49ers would be dogs <laughs> against the Rams. Uh, speaking of which, try, the Dolphins, this is the biggest favorite they've been since what, Howard? Ricky Williams maybe running uh, running back for Miami? I, I don't even know that they've been more than a touchdown favorite Mary in any Zonka. game. 
Larry Zonka. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Nat Moore, who knows? But the, laying eight and a half Miami against the Jets, does Miami deserve to be eight and a half against any team in the NFL? I don't know about that one. And then New England minus 10 <laughs> against Denver. New England, you know, look, clearly the, the Broncos are, are not winning a lot of games this year, but that's a lot of points to, uh, to be laying in a game. So, uh, boy, these are, these are some tough ones here for me, Howard. I guess when I look at it, I, I see. I, I guess I could start off with with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. It's a very public game, so you know that game's going to be bet very heavily. And I, I've gone against the Packers so much to the point where I feel like I can't do it again in this one. I feel like I have to believe what I've seen the last two years. Rogers playing at that level, and uh, but again, I, I, I hate to take to take a team against Brady when he's playing at home. But uh, that's the only way I could go here. I think. I'm looking at the Packers as well. Um, you know, 49ers, Rams, I know that they're dealing with a lot of injuries and, and they look terrible against uh, against Miami at home. I, I don't know if they come back uh, and, and don't just throttle the Rams in this one here uh, and save a little face. I might This might be a home dog that I might uh, kind of look at. And yeah, you know, Patriots, Broncos, the game is in New England. Supposedly, Cam Newton might be back for this one. But again, you're also looking at uh, Denver, who, uh, you know, as of you and I talking right now, not suspending Melvin Gordon for the DUI. They're looking at getting Drew Locke back under center. Um, I, I might tilt here on a uh, on a road dog getting 10 points. I just don't think the Patriots are that good of a team. I don't think they're that strong of an offensive team. I know you hate the Broncos. I, I know you hate Fangio. Yeah, I, I know you hate Shermer. I can't do it. You can't do it. I can't you do can't it. can't do it. All right, well. It would be New um, England or nothing for me. I, I think Denver is a bottom three team in the NFL. All right, well. Look then, what they then, had to do to beat the Jets. Then we're taking Miami, dude. Then we're taking the fish. Miami? Dude, how bad, how bad are the Jets? that many in a game? I mean, we're just going off last week. Take last week's game out of the equation. Would you ever lay eight with Miami in any NFL game? Dude, how bad are the Jets right now? I mean, they are. I, I understand. They're the they worst. They are atrocious. And no one is it's, close. It's, I get it. it's Sam. Yeah. Sam Darnold is out. Le'Veon Bell is off the team. Uh, Mark Sanchez is playing well, Howard. You know, you're such a mean troll sometimes. You really are. It's unbelievable. Right. Let, let's wrap it up with this. Monday night football, two games again, provided they play them. I'm all in. <laughs> Cardinals at the Cowboys. Cardinals are laying two. Uh, it's a one and a half in some spots. They had to make the Cardinals a favorite here because you don't know what Andy Dalton's going to be. It had to, the line had to be this. And then uh, Buffalo Bills getting three and a half points of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs showed a little... Uh, misstep, I would say, last week when when they lost to the Raiders, they almost came back at that one. They probably could have and won, but they did not. Are, are we going down the Monday night road here? We don't do it very often. Usually, I would say in a in a seventeen week season of us picking games, we we probably have two or three times where we go with a Monday night game. Any interest in these? Yeah, you know what? I'll take the Cowboys with the points. Everybody's going to be all in on Arizona. I think I'll take that home dog. We've talked about the percentages. And then you know what? I mean, listen, I, I think that I mean, who had the bigger misstep, Kansas City or Buffalo last week? Kansas City lost to the Raiders. Uh, they almost came back. Buffalo was never in that game. No, they were not. Never in that game. I mean, it was it was really, really bad. Um, 
I guess uh, I guess we'll, well we, we have might- to we have to do it and, and play the odds because because more than 50 percent of the time the Monday night dogs win. Yeah. So it would be in our best interest to try and decipher which one of the two. So let's do this. Let's stop here. For those of you who want to see what our actual picks are, we've given you some good leans here throughout the throughout the segment. Check us out Saturday night live on our YouTube channel over on Wager Alarm and wageralarm.com. So here on Sports Grid, you get the preview and the actual picks will be, of course, on Saturday night. Howard, thank you again, once again, for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll punch that ticket up coming up on Saturday. And I wish you a very good weekend. Thank you again. Thanks so much, Craig. Always a pleasure. All right. Follow Howard on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy. Just don't ask him too many fantasy questions or he'll get locked out of Twitter and won't be able to answer. We'll answer more questions for you coming up. Fantasy or reality? That's on deck. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish will be joined by Joe right after this. Make sure you stay on the grid and check us out at sportsgrid.com. Don't go away. Fantasy Sports Today. Are you at all worried about James Robinson starting to lose? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's going to be a little fantasy or reality to end our week here on this Friday. But our week doesn't end here on SportsGrid. Of course, we continue on. Lots of great shows. You can learn about them over in sportsgrid.com. Make sure you catch Scott Farrell's show going coast-to-coast later. Also, in-game live, giving you updates of all of the games, including the American League and National League Championship Series. And those will be on the menu today for me, Joe, and then a little college football on Saturday, and then again uh, back at it on Sunday, seeing as much football as we can possibly take in in one day. Usually the menu for the weekend. Well, that's a pretty good menu. You could sign me up for that menu. Uh, speaking of football news, too, Melvin Gordon is not practicing right now. So keep an eye on Philip Lindsay if he is out there on your waiver wire. And uh, I understand that, you know, this whole Denver game could potentially be moot point anyway. But still, if there are disciplinary actions coming potentially for Melvin Gordon or if it's an injury or something else, just keep tabs on this. You know we couldn't go a whole segment without some kind of breaking news happening on the show. So just keep an eye out. But luckily, there will be some football Saturday some football Sunday and some baseball hopefully this weekend as well. So we'll uh, we'll have a full weekend of sports and be back on Monday to recap it all. And who knows, maybe we'll get Tuesday Night Football again if we're lucky. Could be. Or unlucky. Depending on how you look at it, I guess. I'm not, I'm not really <laughs> sure what, what I'm rooting for here at this point. Okay, uh, fantasy or reality, let's get started here. Le'Veon Bell is a member of the Chiefs. And our question is, first starting off with today, is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <clears throat> He will get more touches than Le'Veon Bell rest of the season. Fantasy reality. Uh, I think that's definitely reality. And uh, maybe there will be one or two games where that doesn't happen. But barring an injury, I just don't see how Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't still the guy. And I think this was a smart move here by Andy Reid. Look, Le'Veon Bell is a, is a pass-catching running back in an offense where they're going to throw the football to the running back. And we already know this. We've seen this before. We saw it happen in Philadelphia. We've seen it happen in Kansas City. So bringing back another guy who can do this. And, and look, they did it last year with Sean McCoy. They've done it in the past with some other guys, too. So it's not shocking. It's a great move here. Le'Veon Bell certainly wanted to play the Jets one more time this year and kind of make his presence felt. That game, if you ask me the uh, who would out-touch Clyde Edwards-Alaire there, I think it will be Le'Veon Bell. But going forward, I think CEH is still that guy. Now, is this going to hurt his value a little bit? Possibly, but you can't expect the next two weeks for him to just all of a sudden ingratiate himself into the offense and understand the playbook that much. I would be very surprised if in the next two weeks 
he had any kind of real fantasy relevance. I think we saw Devontae Freeman come in here with the Giants, trying to learn the playbook. Leonard Fournette took him a couple weeks. He did have that one game and then got hurt, and he hasn't been able to get back on the field since with any sort of important whatsoever. So this is an interesting situation here to monitor. For your Le'Veon Bell shares, it doesn't get great because the next two weeks, obviously, you're trying to tread water and wait and see what he is in this new spot. But if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't think you should panic at all. I think you should take a deep breath and realize, yeah, it might suck a week or two, but overall, it's going to be his backfield still. Craig, what do you think? Fantasy reality. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's it's reality. I think he'll get more touches, but I do think that Bell is going to eat a little bit more of a share than than people anticipate. And and I think that your analysis of of next of this Sunday is correct. But then at some point, I think he does get more involved in the offense. But at the stage where we're at in the fantasy season, let's be honest, by the time that Le'Veon Bell is a factor in this, for everybody who has Edwards Hilaire, you're only four or five games left in the season. The real concern would, for me would be, here I am in the playoffs, in the fantasy football playoffs, week 14, week 15, and what will it look like at that point? I'm not really worried about the next five or six weeks. I am concerned weather gets cold, they go with the vet. I mean, I've seen that happen before. And and by the way, I've seen that happen with Andy Reid before too. So uh, we'll see, but I would say that it is a reality. He's the better back to own. I do think Bell has more of an impact than what people would you uh, want think. Both? Also- would you want Bell? If you were the CH owner, would you be trying to say, oh, maybe I can kind of pick him yeah, up on the slide? Because- I, I mean, want, yes. Give up a lot, no. I guess that's that, that's, that's what fair. it would be. For me, at, at least for me. But but again, also keep in mind, I don't really know the all the intricate details why he chose Kansas City over Miami, but I know this. He chose Kansas City over Miami, and it was a lot more than just winning a championship there. There's money involved. There's promises involved. So let's just keep an eye on the situation and see uh, mm-hmm. what he ends up doing because this this could he could really cash in financially off this too in a couple of years. Okay, uh, let's move over to the NFC and the playoffs for 2020. Actually, 2021, as it turns out, in the NFL, the winner of the NFC East will be a sub 500 team in 2020. <laughs> is that fantasy or reality? I'll tell you what, man, this is starting to seem more and more like a reality every single day. I'm going to say reality. I think seven and nine might win this division. And what's coming up here is these teams beating up on each other. And I don't know if there's necessarily a winner when all is said and done. I mean, right this week, we've got Washington and the Giants, right? So that's an in-division matchup. We just had the Giants and Dallas, and they were all pretty close there in that one, despite the Dak Prescott injury. But now that that injury has happened to the Dallas Cowboys and that defense has been so bad, and Carson Wentz has played terrible, and the Eagles look like a mess here. I don't know. I mean, it's really difficult to see one of these teams getting better than 8-8. Eight and eight. Maybe 8-8 eight and eight gets it done, but if it was 7-9 and nine and won this division, it would not shock me at all, and they would probably be a one-and-done in the playoffs as well. I don't even know who the favorite, if there is a favorite right now, but this is a dreadful division. I mean, I would think from a talent standpoint that the Cowboys should be the favorites for it. But when you lose your star quarterback, I guess we'll have a lot more answers or at least maybe some more answers after this week's game. So maybe we'll get uh, the Andy Dalton good game and everybody will sit back and feel really good about it. But I don't know. (laughs) That's still a big unknown as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to say it's a reality. One of these teams is going to be seven and nine and actually win this division. And it's going to be sad. Yeah, I'll say reality, although I will throw this little asterisk in. If Philly beats Dallas twice, I, I think that they could possibly get above 500 because that would mean something is really going well for them at some point, which it is not right now. And we saw that last year where the Eagles basically backed their way in uh, but ended up beating Dallas, I believe it was on Thanksgiving or right after that, to get into 
uh, the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I'll say reality also. I'll say 7-9 and nine probably gets you in. And and it's shocking to me that this has happened two years in a row. You usually think things are cyclical, mm-hmm. and every once in a while there's going to be a bad division. We see that often, but Washington's still technically in this thing, right? Like, if Washington was they to somehow are. win two out of the next three, they're right there. And we know that's not going to happen, but they're, they are right there, and they could beat the Giants. So I'll, I'll I'll go with you on this one too. I think seven and nine gets it done, and I don't I think Dallas a nine win team. I I really don't see that with well, that defense. And Dalton, by the way, is not Flacco. I want to be clear. Dalton's an upgrade right. from that. Yes. So I mean, it's, sure. it's not completely inept. So I, I would and, go, and I would Washington, go with that. you know, Washington's already beaten Philly. Washington has a chance to go two and zero against the Giants. There's no reason to think that Washington can't be competitive. If Chase Young gets healthy and back there chasing after quarterbacks. That's a pretty good pass rush. Uh, look, they are far from a perfect team. We all know that. They're still very much a team that's in transition, a team that's kind of rebuilding. But who's to say that the Washington football team this year can't be competitive in this division? I mean, this is kind of a big game for them, believe it or not. Because if you go out there and you go handle your business against the Giants, which is a beatable team, I think last week they had a shot against the Rams. But I think when Kyle Allen got hurt in that game, I think he kind of saw things fall apart. And it was great to see Alex Smith get in there. But it was a lot to ask for him having not played football at all for so long. But if Kyle Allen plays okay, I don't know. I mean, that was a team that I wish would have signed a guy like Le'Veon Bell because that was a guy who could really help that team and get a lot of touches. But clearly, you'd much rather be playing for the Super Bowl champions than uh, the Super Bowl chumps here with the Washington football team. But I would not rule out Washington. Ron Rivera is a tough guy, and I think Ron Rivera rubs off on uh, those players and their mentality. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. It is 2020, but I don't know. I think Washington's in this if they win this week. Yeah, they'll have to win. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt. Okay, let, let's uh, move on to the final one. Looks like Dexter is coming back on television. The show was on Showtime for many years. And I, I saw the news yesterday that they ordered, I believe it was 10, 10 episodes, uh, 10 new episodes of Dexter. The show hasn't been on the air in six or seven years. And it's coming back. So we'll ask the question, fantasy or reality, Joe, you've watched, watched more than one episode of Dexter. Very, very critically acclaimed show. It is, and I've heard a lot of great things about the show and a lot of negative things about the ending, and I gotta say, I have never watched an episode, so this is a a fantasy. I've never watched an episode of Dexter. I've always been intrigued. I I like the actor a lot. I think he's a terrific actor. Um, It's an interesting premise of the show, and I don't mind darker stuff. Uh, I I like that kind of stuff, but I just, I never said, oh yeah, I'm gonna sit down and start binge-watching Dexter and uh, start watching it, especially so, you know, when you could go back and watch it on demand. I heard so many people say, oh, they hated the ending. The ending was terrible, all this stuff. Now, they said that about Game of Thrones, and I had a lot of discussions, a lot of things about that defending the ending of Game of Thrones because all of it was foreshadowed in season two in the last episode. Everything that happened, I mean, literally every single thing in Game of Thrones that happened at the end happened in season two, episode 10. So I don't know what people were expecting to happen that was going to be different, but go back and watch. You'll see what I'm talking about. But Dexter, maybe this kind of rebooted ending or something like that, maybe it could kind of, if it gets good reviews, I might get back on this wagon. So have you ever watched Dexter? And if so, are you watching this one here when they reboot it? Or at least continue First of all, on, two I things. say. First of all, two things. First of all, number one, no, I have not watched more than than one episode. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 again, I understand that the show may be great, and and certainly it will be. But unlike you, unfortunately, Joe, as it pertains to TV shows, I've lost all credibility with you because you always claim that you're going to watch a show, and I may I may get back into this, and I may get back into that, and the summer is coming, and I'll have more. It ain't happening for you. You're never going to watch this show. Just admit it here. You're not going to watch it. 
You don't, don't well, say I've May. Watched the Watchmen. Excuse me. I've watched the Watchmen. I said I was going to watch that. And I you're not going to ever watch Dexter. You're never going to do it. You will not. You will not be watching Dexter. Don't just don't no, even put it right. in the universe. You, okay. Thank you. Okay. I mean, Mandalorian. You promised. You haven't even gotten to that yet. You told me to watch Cobra Kai. Right. Did I watch it? You no. did. Okay. You, you challenged me. I, I took you up on the well, challenge. There's a show that I said I was going to watch, and I watched too. I said I'm going to watch Cobra Kai, and I watched it. I'd like no, to watch but Cobra Dexter. Kai. You challenged me. You're like, you got to see it. It's good. I'm like, all right, fine. I said I think you'd like it. I said I think you'd like it. Well, right. if you and give I, and me I a show that challenged me, you think I'm going to Mandalorian? Like, what like are you it? doing? It's, you told us about Mandalorian for months. Oh, it's summer. I'm going to have time, and it's going to be great. And I'm just going to. I'm not going to buy it now, but I'll sit down when it's when it's when it's ready to. Where are we? Here right, we are. And I just got. Whoa, whoa. I just got Disney Plus in July. I just got Disney Plus. I will it's watch October. <laughs> it's I know. October. I got You're news for you, Chief. Lot. We're going to be in lockdown pretty soon. Oh, you want to know something by. I did watch? Hey, I'm going to give you something I did catch accidentally, and I watched a little bit more of it. I think you might enjoy it. Showtime has a documentary series about the comedy store in Los Angeles, which is absolutely fascinating. They sat down with every great comedian. We're talking the David Letterman's. We're talking the Jim Carrey's. We're talking uh, great footage with uh, Richard Pryor and all, all these amazing comics, Robin Williams footage, all these footage you've never seen telling the story about the comics and the comedy store and how it happened and Johnny Carson. And uh, the first two episodes have been on. There's a third episode coming out. I've been watching that. It's very good. Check it out if you're a stand-up comedy fan. I don't know if you are. It's, you know, see, the thing is, like, late at night, like, I'm not going to flip on and go, I'm going to watch Dexter. I'll watch the comedy store thing. Okay, I need a little lightness. 2020's been pretty dark, but I will watch The Mandalorian. I will do it. I, I'm My problem is I'm falling out of love with Star Wars in my old age, and that's sad to me. I used to be a Star Wars nerd, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I've, I've gone full more to the Marvel now in my old age, so that's what happens. That's that, 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 that's perfectly fine. I just, I just, now I know you well enough to, he, when I hear you say I may do something, I know it's a no. I know, I know at that point it's a no. So no Dexter for you, no Dexter for me. I'm not even going to promise or even consider it. I'm sure it's a great show, but there are a lot of other things that I'm interested in watching. And so that's uh, unfortunately going to be a no for me, but the Mandalorian does come out next week or two weeks. I think it's in two weeks. And when that comes out, I definitely will check out season two. And then when Cobra Kai, I guess season three is supposed to be out in November, I guess. I don't know. That's what I heard. I definitely will check that out. I will try. I will do this. I will watch Mandalorian before this new season ends. How about that? Before the new season ends? I will get caught <laughs> in, up so that December? I can watch the rest of it. Right. Yeah. So I will be caught up and I will be done by everybody being done. How about that? Okay. All right, it's a deal. I'll watch. I'll watch <laughs> Thursday Night Football before the next Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl, the next. <laughs> Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. While Joe and I debate whether or not we'll actually be watching Dexter's return to television. There is no debating what we'll be doing this weekend, of course, staying here on Sports Grid and watching all the great programming that we have for you. But for Joe and I, this day is almost done, and we leave you with a final thought. Joe gets it started with his version of this Friday's Sports Grid 60. Joe? 
The Eagles are 1-3-1, and one, and their season is hanging on by a thread. They're going to play the Ravens this week, and that does not look like a good matchup in their favor. Then you throw in the fact they got to play the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints, besides the people in their own division. Things could get real dicey real fast for the Philadelphia Eagles and for Carson Wentz, who's leading the league in interceptions with nine. Look, I don't want to say it's all on the quarterback. It's a team. You win as a team and you lose as a team. But this is an important stretch here the next two weeks for Carson Wentz because Philadelphia is going to turn on him if they haven't already very quickly. And who knows? I think the Super Bowl hangover for the Philadelphia Eagles might be fading a little bit because, yeah, it's great. You won a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. And, yeah, that's all great. And you finally gave him that championship they've been waiting for for so many years. But it looks really bad right now. This team does not look good. And I don't know how long you can live off the past in Philadelphia. So, Eagles fans, I don't think this weekend's going to get much better for you. And all the rest of the season is either. Maybe start firing up those Jalen Hurt shares and see what comes of it. All right. I want to end with this. And, and look, it's not do or die, you know, in the sense for Tampa Bay um, and, and really not for Atlanta either. But I got to tell you, that's the way I feel about today. In the case of the Rays, I, I do think they'll win the series, but I think they need to win today. I don't think you ever want to get to a Game 7 against a team, or what, whatever you want to say about them or not, that has the experience of winning Game 7s, that has won a World Series before. The pressure is on Tampa if they don't win. And on the flip side, I'll say the same thing about Atlanta. You have the Dodgers right where you want them. You cannot let this thing go to six games and then potentially seven games. That door has to be shut today for the Rays and for the Braves. And if not... We could be sitting here on Monday with the underdogs in this series end up being the winners. We're going to uh, leave you with that here on this Friday. Hope you had a great week. And thank you so much for watching all our shows all week long here on Sports Grid. For Danny and for Brett, all the great folks at LPN, and my co-host Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again here on Monday at see you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.